This is the time that we all been waiting on. The moment all the naysayers been hating on. See, they've been talking down on us and flexing. It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan. A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up. But not the boys on Kirby, so you can pack it up. Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole city of Houston, Texas standing behind us. See, we've been waiting on this one for 10 years. Alright guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold, finally back in the seats after missing a week and giving the show to my co-host to break down all your draft needs. The Garnet Texan ran the show solo and you guys seem to enjoy that, so that that gave uh, gave a boost to serotonin. Is that, that's right, serotonin? That's That's what goes in your head when people give you a compliment, right? Sure. <laughs> that's what, like when people like something on Instagram, that's what they say, you get like a boost of... I don't know. Is it serotonin I, I talk, or is it dopamine? I think it's serotonin okay. or serotonin. I, I, I just sell stuff. I, I'm not a smart guy. <laughs> I can talk football and, and IT stuff. Uh, John, you're fresh off the fresh off the plane from Vegas. Yeah, I mean that was fun. Yeah, um, it was really hard to keep track of the uh, <laughs> the draft. Honestly, that's probably why we didn't put something out sooner. Sure. Um, I'm sitting there at a work conference all weekend. I mean. It was Vegas, but I was there for work. The whole weekend? And, yeah, pretty we much. Have, we didn't have a day at all to... No, no. The uh, We had a little bit Thursday night. We got in about 7, so which is Vegas time, so it was like 9 o'clock. Yeah. So I saw like the last like couple of picks. And then, really, we just... We were pretty scripted for the rest of the time. I, I hope you like, got some overtime out of this. No, we don't get paid for this. I'm salary, dude. Oh. Um... Yeah, no. I mean, it was still Vegas. Like, it was pretty cool. Like, our company actually got Pitbull to do like a question and answer, and then he did a little concert. That's cool. So, I mean, hey, it could have been worse. And I mean, we were still in Vegas. We still got to go out at night. Um, no baby. A little bit. No kid. Um, got everybody to get all dressed up. It's kind of kind of weird. I work mainly with women, tall women. Nice. And then of course my wife is a tall woman. Yep. Well, man, they're all on hills, so I felt like a little midget. So you were short. Yep. And then, like, it, and then it was kind of funny. A guy that was even shorter than me decided to hit on one of my coworkers and my wife, like, right in front of me, as they were to get into like this club or something. It's like Vegas. That. You know, it's Vegas, and I'm just <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm gonna keep my wife, but you can have the other one. <laughs> Where'd you guys stay at? Uh, the Bellagio. Oh, so please tell me you had the buffet for dinner one. one yeah. Night. Well, we didn't do dinner. We did breakfast. Uh, breakfast is great. Bre- it was pretty good. I but mean, dinner's like. It's like kings, dude. Is it really? Oh, it's snow, snow crabs and Wagyu beef and Kobe beef. And it's this galore of heaven. Just literally, if you were to die, that's pretty much what you'd walk into. It's nuts. Anybody that's been to the Baggio for dinner, it's a crazy awesome. It's, well, it's expensive, but it's worth it. Well, now I know. Now you know and I'll, I'll remember it next time. Because it know. actually brings up a point I wanted to fly into Vegas on a Sunday one day this season so we could go to a sports book and oh just, that'd be fun just watch games that would be fly fun. back out fly. that night because like a flight to vegas is like 200 bucks yeah that would be fun maybe I, if we don't go to a texans game i'm honestly not sure which would be more expensive to right exactly exactly so i mean vegas i mean it was cool it, vegas is awesome it it's a short period thing like you couldn't be there for five days no it, three it, days is like perfect. it's a little it's a little fake it's yeah. very fake it's yeah. very po- i was surprised at how polished it was it kind of gave me like a Disney World vibe. Everything was so polished. Well, it's probably because of what happened. Yeah. Because it didn't used to be polished. Maybe. 
Because they're doing everything they can to try to bring people back. Supposedly, yeah. it's the business has declined since that incident. Oh, not well. that that. I mean, obviously, it's not a good thing, but uh, I'm glad it was polished and clean. And Bellagio is amazing. Yeah, Bellagio. Bellagio was pretty cool. The pools there, were, pools you, or something else. Did you get to see the whole? Yeah, uh, water fountain. fountain? Yeah, thing. yeah. It's pretty cool, right? That was cool. I was yeah. surprised at how loud it is. Yeah. It sounds like cannons going off to shoot that. It's nuts. Well, how about you, man? How's the back doing? Uh, herniated disc. We'll figure it out later. Um, it hurts to sit, but we're going to make it through this podcast because I can't miss another podcast. Well, so there you go. That's just the way it is. So uh, I guess some house cleaning. So we signed off for blue today. I like that move. I think you like that move. I mean... You don't like the move. <laughs> You're shocked I, I, by the move. No, well... It... I'm really kind of a little tongue tw tongue twisted on it. I I my thought on it is they're not so in love with blue that they went into the draft thinking they're going to get a running back, and then they just didn't get a running back that they liked better than blue. So that's why blue has a contract again. So they were looking to replace him, and I I mean blue blue's not a bad running back. Yeah, I'm surprised. He's, I know he flirted with the Steelers a little bit. But. Yeah, he's. Perfectly league league average, and then he's a league average special teams player. Which Maybe a on, little bit better than the league. Which on well, I mean, honestly, on our team, I guess yeah. yeah. <laughs> you put him on another team, he's probably average. And we we needed that on our team, so not a bad signing, especially for what we paid for him. Um, if he stays healthy this year and plays like he did last year, I mean, last year he just couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, and our offensive line was garbage, and the offense was yeah. garbage. Put that all together and. An average running back is not going to be good. Yeah, then he'll be fine. He'll be able to. He'll be able to hold it over until Foreman gets back, and we'll we'll go from there. It also says a lot to me that they're pretty comfortable with where Tyler Irvin's rehab is. Yeah, I mean, I honestly hope that Tyler Irvin gets back to what he could be, but you never know. I no. mean, you, you tell you tear a patella. I, how many running backs have torn a patella? I don't know. So I'm sure not very many. And I mean, I'm not a doctor, but when I you can't pull up anybody and kind of look and see how they compared recently, it's kind of hard to take a guess. But I hope he does. I mean, honestly, I think I mean, that just he think should. Think about offensive linemen that tear patellas. Yeah. I mean, they, they're not the same. So only imagine what it is when you're making, you what know, took cuts and all that. Jimmy Graham two years to get back to it. Right. And, and he still isn't Jimmy Graham. Yeah, and Victor Cruz never got back. Ever. So hope, Could hope and pray. Games? Hope and pray. Yeah. That's really all I have. I, I like I the move. I mean, I, I think Blue, like you said, he's an average running back. Uh, and given, uh, I give, I think given the circumstances last year, there wasn't really much he could do. Uh, the offense wasn't moving with Savage. The uh, offensive line was hot garbage. I mean, we, we were, it was a turnstile offensive line. Uh, so, you know, I think, I think having Blue back with the healthy Deshaun and, um, a, a better offensive line because it has to be better, right? It, it can't be worse. No, it can't. It's it, gonna, can, it can't be. However, I think it's going to be a different offensive line. I think it will be too. Um, it's going to be a much more athletic yep. offensive line. Um, my newest theory is they're just wanting linemen that can run around and do multiple things. I agree. That's exactly what they're looking for. They're looking for versatile linemen that can do whatever. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't have a solidified offensive line even going into week four. Yeah, I uh, definitely can see that. They're probably, I can there's see there's going to be a lot of mixing out. Guards here, tackles here, especially like once we get into the draft, guys, we'll, we'll be able to touch on it a little bit more. But 
I just don't see I don't see us going into week one with a solid five starting offensive linemen, and that's who we finish with. You know, obviously barring injuries, uh, week sixteen. I just don't see it. Well, so yeah. Also, looks like we did a little bit of uh, front office restructuring. Yeah, I don't. I don't see why people think this is a direct reflection of the draft. First and foremost, this is not Gaines' first draft. This is like a half draft for him. Right. This is year zero for him. He was relying on this Rick really Smith. doesn't even count for him. Yeah, honestly. he was relying on Rick Smith's guys and their information. Yep. To make the picks, um, and then this is actually the right thing to do. I bet you all those guys knew that as soon as the draft was over, that's essentially their year end. That's the way it works. That they're going to be replaced. He's going to bring in his own guys. Their fiscal year basically began today. And it was. It's actually probably the right thing because sure. if he had fired him right when he took over, they wouldn't have had jobs. Until after the draft, because well, that's no, what they did. And not only that, you got to think like he's flying blind at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, it, those are the scouts that were hired. Those are the guys that have been out there in the trenches watching watching film and scouting players. He'd be an idiot to fire them then and go into the draft with a whole new scouting staff. I mean, you're not going to pull other scouts from other teams and right before draft. It's just not the way it works. So he had to deal with what he had, and and this happens when you get a new GM. You're going to turn over the scouts. They want their guys. Just like head coaches, they want their assistant coaches. Um, so yeah, I, 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 as much as I, and we'll get into it. I love the draft. I actually do. I really, really love the draft a lot. Uh, I, I don't put any of this really on game yet. I think next year is really like his draft, where he's had his guys scouting for a year. They're the ones that are working with him. He he's he has an idea. I think here they went with the best player available mentality for the first couple rounds, and then after that it was pure need. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I, I think, think it was that there just was a combination of the yeah. There, you could tell that they were kind of going best player on their board. Yeah, and then they kind of structured their board around secondary, and then linemen and tight ends. Yeah, as we've said before, this was really not a great year to be going after tackles. Again, I don't know if there will ever be another good year to go after tackles. Um. Next well, year's the year for defensive ends. Yeah. And it, uh, he has an interesting draft philosophy. You definitely tell that he wasn't going to be married to having to go find one position. Because um, we would have probably drafted a running back. <laughs> but at the same time, they're not afraid to use multiple resources on the same position. Sure. Which is kind of eye-opening. Um... I'll be honest, the whole Isaiah Oliver thing really frustrated me. Yeah. He was there. He was. He was there. We 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 could have swapped a third or our, our picks in the third. There there it wouldn't have taken it wouldn't have took much. Oh, I was feeling the same thing about Dallas Goddard. They could have gone after him. They could have gone after Isaiah Oliver. There was a couple of players that were higher on my board that I actually thought they would be aggressive and go after him, but they didn't. It seems like he wanted. He actually wanted to draft volume. Like he wanted to use all of his picks, which is great. Which we, is also we need it. Yeah, and it's also very common for a, a for a general manager. They, sure, a first year general manager. They don't like to trade their picks because they don't want to give picks up. Right. They want to make picks. Yep. So. And the more the more at bats he gets, the more chances he has at hitting. And when you're a GM, your job is to hit. So if you can deliver on three, especially on a year like this where you have no first and second round picks, if you hit on one or two guys, it's like. Thank you. You did your job. Um, 
yeah, he wants to get some of his guys in the building. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So you want to hop in the draft? Sure. Let's go. So Justin Reed. Dude. So me and John haven't talked about this at all. I, I, I want to make sure that there was a, this is going to be as candid of a conversation as possible. I have no idea what John's thoughts are. He has no idea what my thoughts are. Well, you are. know, I mentioned him. I, I, I do know that. I do know that. Um, so, I mean, a little background, Justin Reed, Stanford, safety, uh, projected potentially to go in the first round. He's first round talent, first round grades. Uh, but I think what, I think there's two things that happened here. One John won't like the other one is just normal. The safety position is just being devalued right now. Right. It's just the way it is. We're seeing in a free agency that we saw it in the draft. Uh, the only re- reason Fitzpatrick went and Derwin James went was because they were just out of this world athletic. You can't teach that stuff. They were both freaks. And Fitzpatrick, he was just long and lanky. Secondly, uh, unfortunately, he's Eric Reed's brother. And uh, he is outspoken. And he has his um, his thoughts on the agendas that Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick both had. Um, uh, that could potentially... I, I could e- Seeing that Eric Reed isn't signed, I can easily see that being a reason why people stayed away from him. Not saying it's for sure. It's not. I mean, it's just a conspiracy theory, but I think that played a part. Uh, and luckily, he fell to us. And to be honest with you, I couldn't have been happier. Uh, I don't know how you see him being used, and we'll get into it. But I think it'll be Honey Badger, Reed. Yeah. And oh I yeah. Think, and I think Hal will. When we play three safeties, Hal will be on the field. But well, here's the what thi- Reed does better than Hal is tackling. Yeah. And and that's what we need. Well, I mean, strangely enough, Reed. Is a better tackler than Hal, but that's considered one of his his weak points. Right. He, Reed, Honey Badger, both can play slot corner. They both can play free safety. Reed can also play full safety or strong safety. I'm sorry. Yeah. Strong safety a little bit better than than Matthew probably can. I mean, granted that's usually just coverage, but Reed's just a bigger guy. Well, Reed played a lot in the box. Yeah. He's. Not the prototypical size for either free or strong safety. He's kind of like a, a tweener. Yep. I thought that for us to have any chance at him, and I, I actually liked him a lot, um, was for us to trade up. And the fact that he fell to us is actually kind of amazing. I mean, he. Why do you think he fell? Um, my theory right now is nobody really knows what they want safeties to be in the NFL anymore. You've kind of got that linebacker safety yeah, that, type thing, or the, coverage safety, or yeah. You've got the uh, the new hybrid ones like Mark Barrow. Um, you've got yeah, what Seattle, yeah. You got Seattle. What Seattle does, where they still play a free safety and a strong safety, yep. and Atlanta does that as well. Yep. Then most of the other teams are kind of doing so, um, what what New England does, where their safeties are both kind of free safeties to play zone, like they play, play back. Yep. And if you're essentially just drafting two free safeties. They don't have to be quite as good as once, like center field types. Sure. Safety. Sure. Um, so I think that's kind of why they're devaluing. Um, Do you think him being Eric Reed's brother hurt him at all? Not really. You don't think at all? No. Huh? Really? I I think that it's hurt Eric Reed because of the, of the devalue with the safety position, but for Justin Reed, I don't I don't think that hurt him. Okay. Hmm. Um, so how do you see him being used? He's going to be more of our strong safety. I, I think we're going to 
We're gonna play that back end where no one really knows what position they're playing. Yep. Um, you could probably you could probably drop um, Hal in, and then play three safeties because all three safeties have the ability to play corner as well. Yeah, Hal can um, play a corner. Yeah, so if somebody's gonna go go with a bigger lineup, uh, two or two tight ends and two receivers, um, then we drop three three safeties in instead of dropping an extra linebacker in, and all three of them have size to take care of a tight end. I would trust all three of them to cover a tight end. I would agree. If they want to go bigger possession receivers or even they're all quick enough to cover running backs, yep. like it just gives our defense a lot more flexibility. And Justin Reed is not going to get run over in the run game. No. So you have that flexibility with a guy with a little bit of size. Whereas I was afraid with Honey Badger and Hal that – if they were our two, eventually a running team would, a big physical running team would be able to, to wear them out. Yeah. Because we don't really have that big Tennessee. thumper. But I think Reed kind of solves that. I think Reed does a lot of things. I think he, he gives Rack a, a t- just more ammo to mix in coverages and change the, the, the way that the, the scheme looks. Uh, it's funny. Going into the draft, you would think that like our secondary was just okay, right? But after really looking at it, and, and it's, we also picked up Kevin Johnson's fifth-year option today, by the way. I totally yeah. missed that part, but uh, we can get into that. Um, you have, as your starting corners right now, if we were to lay out the depth chart, you would have Kajo as a starter. He's going to be, he, I mean, he's one or two. It's just the way it is. And then J. Joe most likely on the opposite side. Colvin in the slot. You have Kareem Jackson. Tristan Decoud. Andre Hall, Honey Badger, Justin Reed, and then the other corner that we took, which we'll get into. There's an odd man out, or two odd man out. Yeah, special teams guy. Um, oh, Batamose as well. Batamose. So you're talking about 10 secondary players. I, I heard it on the radio. I just want to ask, is there a chance Cream Jackson actually gets cut? Yes. Oh, $9 yeah. million. Dollars. Yeah, $9 million. Dollars. Definitely. I mean... I, I honestly, I can't say I'd be shocked. No. I agree. I don't know if you need him now. I, I agree. I love Kareem. I mean, Kareem right now. He's an average corner. Yeah, he would be a better zone. He'd be a better safety. Better safety where he's essentially going to do what I just described, read. Right. Play zone, play with the ball in front of him, and be a run stopper. Yeah. And him and Reed will probably be our two best options for our run stoppers. So that alone may be his saving grace. So, but at, that's the same reason why it wouldn't surprise me if he got cut, because that's what we would keep him around for. And then signing Colvin for the slot really eliminates Especially when spot. we have linebackers like Dylan Cole and Cunningham. Yeah, you're going to keep those two. You're going to keep McKinney. And they're going to take care of those same sort of things. Exactly. Like, our defense. I'm. A, I'm super excited for our defense next year. Hey, I hey. really am. Like, I was kind of with you. Just made the top 100. By the of way, course he um, of course he did. Of course he did. But I mean, honestly, just the flexibility that our defense is going to have next year. That's I'm, crazy. I'm really, really excited to watch them and watch how this all works out. It's unlimited. It's, it's going to be different. Oh, it's, it's going to be. I, I. I don't think we've seen a defense like what we're going to put out there. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I'm telling you right now. Zach Cunningham this year will be that everybody that'll be the guy everybody's talking about. Oh yeah, definitely. He, he's the player this year that everybody's gonna be like, 
when did we draft this guy? Because he's just he's just going to be everywhere. Him and Dylan Cole are both going to take a leap, and everybody, you know how everybody always compares: Are you the Seattle defense? Are you the New England defense? I just did it earlier. Yeah, it's going to legit legitimately. We're going to be that next defense that people try and copy. I agree. I have no doubt about this. I, I honestly, the only my only issue with our defense, and we're going on a tangent here, but is the defensive line, and, and it's not even like a, a real worry. It's just the fact that say JJ's not okay. What does that defensive line really look like? It's Covington, it's a Reader, and then you know it's, I guess it's Clowney, and then you're still, and then it's Carlos Watkins or it's uh, Joel Heath or it's you know. Uh, Brandon Dunn, whatever it is, if JJ's not back, it's going to be very interesting to see what the D line does. Now, let's hope that that's not the case, right? And we get seventy percent of what we what we've seen from JJ, which still makes him a top ten defensive end. And everybody else, this defense is going to be disgusting. Well, just with the, the different looks, the flexibility that we're going to have in the back end. It's crazy. Uh, Colvin is going to be huge. I actually would not be surprised if Colvin ends up playing outside more with Kate, um, with Kevin Johnson playing slot, because um, we got burned by a lot of those quick twitch, quick twitch slot receivers last year. Where, he's just not a good tackler, though. You don't want that in the slot. Yeah, but he runs the four wise. Kevin Johnson is not good. But you want him to be able to keep up with those like mighty midgets. Yeah, you do. So maybe that's in, that's maybe what he's in, gonna that's what he's gonna be able to do. Maybe in certain formations you'll see it if they see something that they like. But I think you're going to see Colvin pretty much dominantly in the slot. That's actually that's kind of my point, though. I don't think we're going to see either one of them dominant. Oh, you There's think it's be just going to be this continuous revolving door of changes throughout right. the secondary? I, I, got, guess, I, I think that will be the case. You've got like five players that can cover a slot receiver. No, no, agreed. Uh, I agree. But I think also, though, there's, I think there's some problems when you do that, too, though. There's no consistency, so players don't know their roles. They're constantly changing, so they're having to adapt to those changes through on the fly. You want to give your players some – they want to be comfortable in certain roles. They want to know what they're doing on, on the field each time. When you throw so much at them where people are just rotating in and out, that's where things get lost. That's, and that's where things like the Seattle play happen yeah. where you throw a touchdown to Jimmy And Graham that's actually where I give Rack credit that I wouldn't give Rabel the same amount of credit for. Rack, I think, knows how hard to coach players and how hard he can push them to do things like that. And a lot of the times, a great defensive coach makes it look like what they're doing is complicated when they're actually doing things that are really simple. I agree. And that's what I think our defense will be able to do next year. And we're not going to do it in the traditional mold like other defenses have. I think we're going to see something different, and that's what's exciting. Maybe you're right. I, I, I can easily see it. I think it can go either way, to be honest with you. Given the amount of players and the skill that we have, um, it's going to be. There's no way it looks the same every week. Um, it, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, and we still have like a solid like five months to actually fully <laughs> dive deeper, as if we're not already. Uh, but I like the Justin Reed pick a lot. I think it's a solid pick. I think it addresses a need, and it also gave us the best player available at the time. Why he slipped, I don't know. I don't care. He fell to us, so either way, he's ours. Um, so I'll take it. Uh, next was uh, the offensive tackle, uh, Martin- Martinez Rankins. Um, I mean, I don't know too much about him except for what I hear and what I read. Uh, Lance says that he is pretty much best his best shot at succeeding in the NFL is playing center. We know he's not going to play center. 
So he says the closer he gets to center, the better. So maybe he's a guard. I'm telling you right now, though, we didn't draft him to be a guard. We drafted him hoping he could start opposite of Julian Davenport, and if he can't, then we'll find a spot for him. He's It's him and Henderson to compete for that last tackle spot. My understanding on Rankin, first off, extremely flexible. There's already rumors that they are wanting. They think that he can come in and start right away at left tackle. Yeah, yeah, but that's from pancakes. I mean, I don't believe a, anything pancakes. It's says. rumors. I I don't. I know. I, I know. However, Sorry, I did I see. I, I saw a great, great tweet. It compared Dwayne Brown, his his build, his size coming out of Virginia Tech, to what Martinez Rankin currently is. They are very similarly built. Hmm. Dwayne Brown grew. Rankin, same sort of thing. I think they're hoping that he's going to grow. He's got that those long arms that yep. they love. Yep. Um, that Battle Red blog article that kind of predicted him that came out the day before the draft. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I mean, props to that guy. Absolutely. I mean, for calling that. One of the things that he, he loved about him was he was actually a very aggressive run stopper. He, he knew how to use his length. A lot of guys have these big long arms and they're real lanky and they can't. They don't really do anything with them. Uh, they, he said Rankin was one of the few that he did. He's also got real good... Um, he has real good footwork. However, they're slow. So if he can speed up and put on size, then he's going to be really good. Those are big ifs. But of course it's big ifs. He's a third-round <laughs> third pick. If he was a guarantee, if he was already a little bit bigger, if he was already a little bit quicker with his feet, he would have been gone in the first or the second round. Yeah, I think with offensive linemen this late, uh, you're, you're, I mean, really honestly with anything besides maybe a running back this late, um, it's a crapshoot no matter what. But we know what, I mean, Gaines knows what our, what our holes are and what we need to address. I mean, he knows that we need to protect Deshaun. And I, I think he was smart. He took the best tackle that was available at the time. And... Hopefully he could turn out to be okay. I mean, this is coming from the same team who drafted Julian Davenport in the third round last year and actually got pretty good play out of Julian Davenport, considering how bad our line was. So let's get some OTAs, some training camp, mini camp in. Let's see what camaraderie is built on that line. And let's see if maybe Davenport takes that next step and Rankins becomes Davenport of this year. I don't know. I still have a funny feeling, though, that Henderson's going to be our starting right tackle. I, I don't know why nobody is talking about Henderson at all. It's almost like we had no free agency for our offensive line, I swear. The way that people act about going into this draft, it's like we literally signed nobody else. We, we signed the Honey Badger and Colvin, and that's it. When we actually signed three offensive linemen going into the draft, and all three were decent signings. They weren't stars, but there's players that can make an impact that made impact on other teams. And if Henderson has got his stuff under control and he's back to what he was as a rookie, we literally might have find, like, found like that diamond in the rough free agency that we can sign to a long-term deal and be a tackle. Yeah. He's still young, if too. If Chantrell played just like his rookie season, then he would have made an improvement on our line. Absolutely. And he's got to know more now, and it was always a health issue. It was always health. It was so, what, Crohn's, right? It was Crohn's. So... And then he got busted for weed for using weed to treat Crohn's. I don't know, yeah. So it, they're all related. <laughs> yeah, and even if he wasn't using weed to battle his Crohn's, it's weed. Like, yeah. Not saying everybody goes smoke dope, but I'm just saying like 
it, we're, we're dumb if we look at it and think that people don't. So we'll do whatever you want. Yeah, it's up to <laughs> we you. don't really care. I, I don't give a shit. Um, no, so that it, it's just funny because going into the draft, it, it, like literally, it seemed like everybody was like, "Oh, we got to go offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line." But I mean, really, like we don't know what we need. We don't we like we don't see these players the way that these these Brian Gaines and the scouting and Bricks and uh, Bill O'Brien see these players. They've met with them. They've watched way more tape than any of us could ever say that we've watched. There's something about Henderson. There's something about Kelamente. There's something about Fulton they liked. There, there's a chance that our offensive line is fine, and these people are depth. Rankins could be depth. I don't know. So it's it's just going to be very interesting, and we'll learn more. R- uh, rookie minicamp starts what next week? Yep. So. Oh, I'm sure we'll end up having a whole podcast entirely dedicated. To going through our offensive line because well, we've yeah. got we've got enough and well, we're not really going to get we're not really going to get into undrafted free agents today because no, there's too many you know yeah there's too many I, and they they come from small schools and who right who, who knows yeah I'm overloaded <laughs> right now talking about this yeah so we'll worry about them later we'll, 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 we'll talk do, about our offensive line but our entire undrafted free agent class we'll was offensive do, linemen we'll just do um like secondary and off, like we did last year yep secondary offensive line wide receivers all that good stuff. Uh, all right, my favorite pick of the, of the draft, though. Really? My favorite pick of the draft. Jordan Aikens. I love him. Favorite. Favorite pick of the draft for me. Like, like no. Let me take that. Let me make sure people understand. For the Texans, this is my favorite pick in the draft. Okay. Uh, I gotta let you explain this one. Yeah, I, I just think this this guy's a freak. Mm-hmm. He's a freak. Just imagine Clowney, just a little lighter, playing tight end. That's what this kid is. Yeah, I mean, and he's. If Jordan Aikens, the knock on him, he's old. Yeah, if That's he if he's he was 26. if he was twenty two, he would have been a first or a second round pick, no doubt. Probably a first round pick. He was apparently the most dominating player at the Senior Bowl. Yep, and Bill O'Brien loved him. Bill O'Brien loved him. Dude's dude's a tight end and did both kick return and punt returning duties. Right. That's. Crazy, I, I, but I he's get, but he is twenty six. He's twenty six. Okay, so, so it so takes a third round pick is gonna he, say he lasts five years. Did you waste a third round pick? Granted, it's a third round pick, so you get three years of production out of anybody. That's not considered that's what a I'm waste. Saying. So like people are talking about twenty six, but look at the, the look at what players are thirty one and there's tight ends in the league. My my only concern about his age, blocker. well, not the, not even him being a blocker. Is it usually takes tight ends three years to develop. You don't know what you have of a tight end until their third year. Yep. With Jordan Aikens, we're not going to know what we have as a tight end out of him till he's 29. And then most NFL players, including tight ends, hit a wall at 30. Their production de- decreases. Tight ends can play longer because they learn how to block. They get sure. more technical. But that if they're a bursty player, they're not a bursty player after 30. But see, with that, I give you a Steven Anderson, who was undrafted and came in and showed good skill for a tight end and was undrafted. We did something right with Steven Anderson. And what I think the Texans staff was trying to do is they saw a lot of Steven Anderson in this guy. Yeah. It's a, oh, he's, a better version of Steven yeah, Anderson. Yeah, he's said, a... Okay, if we could do this with Steven, oh my God, I can only imagine... Jordan Aikens, the best guy. description I've heard of him is he's a bigger, faster Steven Anderson. What, I mean, what else do you want? Like, I know Steven Anderson's not like this world beater. I get it. But he was a pretty de- – he's a decent tight end. Like, 
don't get it twisted. When we cut him this year, he's going to be signed by another team. I hope so. I, I believe he will. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I, he showed good chemistry with Deshaun. I don't mind Aikens at all. I I understand why. The zone aspect. Yeah. I understand why he's so polarizing, but here's the thing that... He looks like Clowney. The thing that Deshaun Watson did last year better than just about any other quarterback was the deep ball. And Is with both Aikens and our, the next pick that we'll talk about, for their position were two of the leaders in deep ball receptions. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. You can kind of see where they're going with our offense. Do you remember that Steven Anderson catch against Kansas City right there on the one? Yeah. That probably would have been a touchdown if it was Aikens. Probably. I'm just saying. Uh, so, no, I just like it. I, I know that people are like, oh, my God, we can't block, though. We don't have a blocking tight end. We'll get to it. Chill out. We'll get there. Okay, we got one. Uh, and if not, we have multiple linemen now. If we want to, we can just add another lineman. Okay, so take it easy. Uh, all right, I'll let you I'll let you take this guy because you seem super stoked about this <laughs> Texas Tech wide receiver. I'll let you I'll let you tell me how we solved our slot wide receiver position for the next 10 years. I don't know if we've solved it, but I mean, it's another Lufkin voice. <laughs> That's pretty cool, dude. Nobody comes from Lufkin. Nobody. Well, so. And Walker probably. I mean, yeah. Let's just be honest. Walker, I, I would almost, if I had to put any money on it, Walker drafted that wide receiver. I think he probably had, he probably had a part in it. It was probably about coachability. Um, a lot of the like analytic guys, uh, uh, analytic scouts, were think. Saying that we should have gone after uh, Deshaun Washington, yeah, um, instead of uh, instead of Kiki, but I think the relationship that Cote has with how do you say his last name? Cote, Cote, Cudi, Kiki Cote, Cote, Cote. I am sorry, man. You're already terrible <laughs> with names. Sorry, this is truly gonna mess you up. Oh my god, we dude. have two Jordan tight ends, by the way. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Kiki. I'm just going to call you Kiki because I think I can at least say that right. There you go. Um, I'm excited about him. He is. He, if you mix John Brown with DeAnthony Thomas, that's essentially who he is. I'll take John Brown. He's not quite. Uh, I need a little better than John Brown. He's not quite as polished as a route runner as Brown was, nor does he have John Brown's hand. But he's just as explosive as DeAnthony Thomas, and he's built closer to Brown. He's probably not going to start as our third receiver. Thank you. Bruce is a much better route runner. People forget how explosive Bruce is when he's healthy. But the problem is he's not healthy. And then Bruce has better hands. Kiki is a body catcher. He's just like Fuller. However, that does not mean that this is a bad pick at all. He's going to pick for one person. Braxton? Braxton. Actually, I don't think so. I do. I just don't see how we can. I think even you said it when we were talking about the potential depth, we're going to have four running backs most likely. I just don't see a way that Braxton fits in the mo- in, in, into that. You know, I, I, I sat there and I kind of thought about it after because that was my first reaction is Braxton's gone. Of the players that we're going to have play slot receiver, the only one with any sort of size is Braxton. Because yep. both, Bre- both Bruce and Kiki are kind of on the smaller side. Yeah, they're like, what, 204 or 196 range? Closer to 180. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, both of them need to put on some size. I think Kiki is going to be our slot receiver of the future. I think that um, Braxton is kind of going to be... I don't even... I don't utility even, guy? I don't even want to say utility guy. I don't really know what he's going to do. Um, he's probably just going to be that 
I don't know, that fifth or sixth receiver at the bottom of your roster that can play outside or can play slot unless something just clicks for him. Um, Kiki, I, he really hasn't played outside, but with his speed, he could play outside and run some deep routes. Sure. Um, he was the number four. Rest. Yeah, he, according to Pro Football Focus, he was number four in Average deep ball reception. So he's he's a deep threat, and he's that that insurance of Will Fuller gets hurt. Um, hopefully, I guess hope, I never thought about it like that. You know, Fuller gets hurt, and, and you just Kiki, need somebody to run. Then you still have then you have Kiki. You're still going to need Braxton and Bruce. And he he's able to run that deep route. That's true. And what both Kiki and even Bruce will be able to do is they can run the deep route through the slot. And I think our offense worked best last year when we had multiple players that could run deep. Yeah, I would agree. And love Hopkins. Hopkins can do everything, but he's also your best short field receiver and middle of the field receiver. Yeah. So you can't have him running out deep. If you have Bruce and Will opening it up for him, he's going to light it up. And then you still have Bruce and now Kiki. Bruce and Kiki can also operate in the middle of the field. So I would just, just saying Kiki. Right? Is it weird? Saying yeah. Kiki is weird to me. It is very weird. Okay. But hopefully they don't get killed in the middle of the field because well, they're both on the smaller. I mean, somebody's ribs are going to get broken, whether it's Bruce or Kiki. Well, I think that's why we drafted two tight ends. <laughs> All right. So you like Kiki. I like Kiki. Uh, I, I like what he brings. Uh, I do like that he's a Lovekin boy and that uh, he has ties to Wes. Uh, obviously, with Wes's ties to Texas Tech and, and his relationship there with the coaching staff and just the uh, university in general, uh, there's something there, obviously, that Wes saw. So I, I'm willing to give it a shot. I don't, I don't care. I mean, I, I, I didn't really think that we needed to draft a wide receiver, but um, I mean, I think we could have gotten some, I don't know, we could have undrafted guys or whatever. Well, we need our, our third reliable offensive weapon. Yeah, we, we have two. Now we need a third. You missed one. Akins. I'm telling you. So, no, I think that Akins, Kiki, and Thomas in the future, those are all of our dart throws. If one of those three work out, I then... I think Akins could, could be a surprise this year. I hope so. I Just mean, in the red zone. I don't yeah. think it'll be like a short field guy. I, don't think I, I still think it'll be Ryan Griffin, Jordan Akins, maybe Steven Anderson. No, none of the, the we're gonna have to have a blocking tight end, so it's gonna have to be this Jordan Thomas guy. Anyways, I, I, I like Kiki. I, I think it, I, I think what he brings to the field works. I think we do need a slot guy. I know we we both love Bruce. We want Bruce to be healthy for sixteen games because our offense is gonna be better, and we want to see him stay healthy for sixteen games. But uh, reality tells us that that's just not the case, and that Bruce is not gonna play for sixteen games. So with that being said, drafting Kiki makes sense. I think he can learn a lot. Uh, and I think I think he can help us quite a bit. Uh, so and also on re- returns too, correct? Yep. So another special team player. Yeah. So another gunner or a fast fast guy. Um, we'll see. It's so early, right, for us to say what these guys will be. I know I'm all over Aikens, but um, it, it, uh, we have some time. It's going to be real fun. I, I do like the draft so far. Um, okay, so this guy. This defensive end, Duke Ijoforce? You're, asking, you're looking at the wrong person, dude. Uh, this draft is just here to, I mean, it's just here to fuck with me. I don't, I don't have any other words. The names of these guys, like, seriously. Like, no offense to y'all, but come on. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, he, he's a defensive end. Um, he's not the biggest guy. I don't know. I, I don't really like when you get to this point in the draft. Like you're really, you're just hoping for some role players, and if you hit on a guy that ends up being a stud, then fantastic. But well, due to this guy's size, he's pretty much a pure edge pass rusher. Right. The only reason that he fell to us is he's having a labor surgery. Yep. He's not going to do anything until August, and he also has concussions. Um, a couple of the guys that I, I, I look at when I do my research had this guy all the way up in the second round on potential, but it's health. He's going to be a good fourth pass rusher. He's somebody that we, we need. We needed somebody else that can rush the passer, passer if somebody gets hurt. So he'll be a pretty good rotational guy. A little undersized, but, but you know, but fast. And, I mean, seriously, he's, what, a fourth-round pick, fifth-round pick? Yeah, fourth round. We didn't have a fifth, do we? No, we didn't. I, I, I forget which one we didn't have, the yeah, fourth or the fifth. So. I always forget. But, uh, we'll see. We'll, and, we'll I mean, he's a, local, he's a local product, Elite yeah. Taylor, so. Um, I mean, his tape, when he's on the field, he, he, I mean, he looks like he can play. Uh, he is undersized, though. I mean, 280 for a 3 or 4 defensive ends, just, uh, that's just light. Um, and going against better talent, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but, like I said, previous to defensive line is, is really the one area of concern for me on our defense, just because we really don't have... <laughs> I really like Joel Heath, and I really do like Brandon Dunn. I just... But both can't of them... see enough of them to know what we have. Well, both of those are more... Okay. Run, they're more run defenders. Right. Or this guy, this guy is just a pass rusher. No, no, I understand. But what I'm saying is, is if you, I feel like Brandon Dunn or Joel Heath could actually be more than just a a, a run stuffer. We just haven't given him an opportunity to really see it. Um, I, I don't really know what to expect out of this guy, but I mean, Lance Airline likes him, so that's always good. Uh, PFF ranked him the sixth best edge rusher in the draft. So, I mean, you couldn't do. I guess you could do worse. Yeah. Um, all right, and then with the next guy, uh, let me scroll down. What's his name? Jordan Thomas. Oh, that's it. Jordan Thomas, blocking tight end. That can't block. That can't block. <laughs> this guy is entirely a project. But he, he is offensive tackle. He he's yeah, played, he's like he, all of it. He's played offensive tackle. He played defensive end. He played wide receiver. Um, he actually outgrew wide receiver. That was his primary position at first. He is a freak of nature. Like, he's a big, big guy. Yeah. He looks like an offensive lineman. I think they were joking around that if he isn't able to catch on as a receiver, that he could be a project where you turn into an offensive lineman. Um, the problem is... He doesn't know how to block. Uh, Bill O'Brien said that he's very willing. He's just not there yet. So this is our project guy. This is the guy that will never be active on game day. That will hopefully turn into something in the next two years. Probably just in enough time for your boy to retire. Who? Jordan Atkins. Wow. A little slide I'm there. joking. A little slide there. Sorry, this is a part of the undefeated UCF champions. Just you know, there. you know, I'm I'm just throwing you know it. Who else went to UCF? Who? King Griffin. You know who else went to UCF? AJ Boye. You know who else went to UCF? I, at this point, what? Blake Bortles. 
what does that have to do with anything? Blake Bortles is awesome. What? Not All right. as a person. <laughs> He's a cool dude. I'm telling you if, you, if Texans fans took off their blinders and just watched Blake Bortle interviews, they would be, they, they'd enjoy it. Anyways. Um, yeah, I don't know what to expect from this tight end. Uh, as of, I've seen where he, he wasn't supposed to be drafted to drafted 6th and 7th. Um, it's yeah, kind of it's, all over the place. I don't think anybody has a good read for him. So that can, that can be either good or bad, really. Yeah, I, he was, I, he's the only he's player that I truly feel as though we reached on. Everybody else I can understand. Um, you were talking about red zone, red zone targets. He was a big red zone target at Mississippi State. Yep. Like, that's what he did. But he still um, didn't do much. And he, yeah, he, he is a better receiver than blocker. But he's built like a guy that should be a very good blocker down the road. I think he. I think he has what it takes for him to be able to be a blocker. I mean, he's the size, the the height, all that good stuff. Um, but and I mean, Mississippi State goes. But they also only they gave up like only twelve sacks all of last year, so yeah. crazy amount. It, it was I don't know. And Mississippi State fans love 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 him. Every college team loves their college players. Oh, sometimes. Uh, all right, and then the defensive end out of Stanford, Peter Kalambai. I thought he was a linebacker. Uh, he's listed as a defensive end. Okay. Um, just another another guy. He's 6'3", 252. So he must he's, be an outside linebacker. He, he's one of those tweeners, I guess. Maybe he's more of a 4'3 defensive end. Well, he was one of those guys that... He's an edge rusher. Whatever. He should be good. He's got all the physical stats to be good. Um, he's loved in his locker room. I believe he was voted team captain. He was fast, too. But he just wasn't productive. Yeah. Um, what is it? The stupid expression looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. I heard him. That's how I heard him getting described. So I think he, he screams like a guy that Vrabel would have taken and turned into something. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean... I'm just looking at his stats. He's a bit older too. Yeah, I mean he he has the speed and the power to be able to be a good edge rusher, but um, there's really not there's not much tape on him. He's missed a lot of uh, playtime as well. Yeah, he's probably going to be. My guess is he'll play special teams. Yeah, he didn't play at all in 2013. He was a reserve in 2015. So, I mean, started 13 games his junior year. Three and a half sacks, so. What's this guy with Bleacher Report? Oh, what is this guy's name? He said originally last year at this time that he put him in his, his top two rounds. He just didn't have any, enough production to maintain it. So, I've read some places to consider him a still... He just really didn't play much last year. Right. So we don't really know what we got because he's been hurt most. You just said it, like every other season it seemed like. Yeah. All right. And then the final pick uh, seems to be everybody's favorite pick <laughs> for some reason. I guess just because he's a corner. Uh, Jermaine Kelly out of San Jose State. Now, I will say I heard his interview um, once he was drafted and it was a 
pretty cool interview. The guy definitely has some motivation. Um, but, again, I, I can't say I watched a ton of San Jose State games, so I can't tell you my thoughts on his film. I can only tell you kind of what people are saying about him, and he's pretty much a boom or bust. He's either going to be a star and blow everybody away, or he's not going to make the team after next year, or potentially this year. Well, I mean... Fast guy. He's he's fast. Very fast. And he he's built, I think. Everybody was kind of drooling on Reddit over his... His abs. Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird to see. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's the uh, best way to say this? Uh, I mean, he, he's a good-looking man, dude. I mean, what, what else do sure, you want to say? Sure. Um, he looks like he's going to be a special teamer. It's really concerning to me that he couldn't crack the starting lineup at Washington and had to transfer to San Diego State. I mean... I don't really like players that transfer because of playing time. So that's why you hate Tom Savage. The truth comes out. <laughs> Anyways. Continue. It's never a good sign. No, agree. When you're the guy that causes the other guy to transfer, Unless that's a good Kelly. sign. Well, yeah. Well, granted, wouldn't you rather have Deshaun than Swag Kelly? Hell no, I'd rather have Swag Kelly. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Because remember, Deshaun was the one that made Swag Kelly transfer. No, I know, I know. I'm just so... That kind of proves no, the point. No, I, I, I think, uh, I mean, the corner. Granted. He's got the skills, by which that, is crazy. By that argument, I mean, slight tangent, Pat Mahomes is going to be better than Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, I don't know, dude. I, I've given up thinking <laughs> about what quarterbacks Yeah, quarterbacks. Much, especially are. this year. Like, that draft that, that draft was crazy. Dude. That, that draft was nuts. I, there is, every single person that did a mock draft is looking at themselves like, yeah, there's, I, I should probably just stop doing this next year. Yeah, because there's no way for anybody to know. I mean, I, I texted you that, like early on that day, like Baker Mayfield's going number one of the Browns. Like, uh, really? Again? Are you serious? But you know, a, a lot of a, a Siri, not serious. What? Siri, <laughs> shut up. Um, I, a lot of people are comparing Baker to our boy, and I see it a little bit winning. You know, better thrower than Manziel, has the mobility, but he's at the end of the day, he's going to the Browns. So it, it really doesn't The Browns matter. might be good. No, they have the player personnel to be good. And they might be good. But they're still the Browns. They'll find some way to screw it up. Right, that's what I'm saying. Granted, I think, honestly, out of all the quarterbacks, the one that will best be able to handle Cleveland was Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I agree with you. So, but have, we all said that about Johnny, too. No, I didn't. I Everybody thought that Johnny had that chip on his shoulder, attitude, F the world, I'll make it work anywhere. Type I thought Cleveland was the too. absolute worst place for... Who? Cleveland was the worst oh, place for Johnny Manziel. I thought Johnny was just a terrible quarterback in general. But no. Oh. Great college quarterback. He was fun Bad. to watch. I was hoping that he would go... I, Johnny Manziel, I really hoped that he would have gotten drafted by somebody like Chip Kelly. But we kind of saw how that worked out. But somebody that was kind of willing to think outside the box. Sure. I think Granted, I mean, looking back now, at the time, didn't realize truly how good Kyle Shanahan was as an offensive coordinator. Yeah, well, I bet we all wish we still had him. <laughs> no kidding. We thought, yeah. <laughs> we thought we he was ready just to get him out of here. Yeah, we thought <laughs> we thought that the offense was Kubiak, not right. Shanahan, well, and Shanahan. well. And then yeah. we just thought that it was he was he was just 
a coach because he was Mike Shanahan's little little boy. Well, well Shanahan's a real deal, dude. He is. He's a great he's, coach. He's a real deal. So that probably is all you really need to know when you sit there and you think about it about Manziel. But Mayfield plays better when he has a chip on his shoulder. So him going as the first pick overall is kind of going to be interesting. Because at least it's Cleveland. Like where you that just chip's still there because yeah, it's Cleveland. It's Cleveland. You're, that chip doesn't go. That whole city is a, a chip. chip. It's a big chip. Especially the Browns, so I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't want them to be successful anytime soon because we're technically the same age as them. So, you know, they can take a couple years still. Sure. I, thought I, I, I just I don't want to see teams that pretty much they tanked like they really did for two years straight. They could have won more than one football game. Sure. I don't want that to work. Well, unfortunately, John, it worked. I hope not. Uh, because it's just the way it is, dude. And it's just the smartest way to do it. It sucks. It makes the league watered down. I get it. And I hate it. But it is what it is. Like, it means what, it, like what else are you supposed to do? It's not, if, if it really, truly worked and it's a copycat league, the NFL is too small to be like the NBA or the Major League Baseball where you have teams tanking. Because yep. you'll end up with 16 teams going for it and 16 teams tanking. And that will kill the NFL. More so than concussions. More so than whatever crazy rule they come up more so than I, I kneeling. If this works for the Browns, I agree with you. That's going to fuck over the entire NFL. Cause you I cannot agree. do that in the NFL. I understand. No, I, you're preaching to the choir. I agree with you, but it was only a matter of time before somebody did it because that, that's just the way it works. How did, how did we I get off on the tangent? We, we, we were talking about quarterbacks. <laughs> no, right. Browns, this Browns podcast. All right. Before we go, uh, what was your favorite, Non-Texans draft move for the draft. All right, I'll let you think while I say mine. I love Lamar Jackson going to Baltimore. That's probably I what I was going to say. I love Lamar Jackson going to Baltimore with the same offensive coordinator that Mike Vick had in Atlanta, somebody that pushed Joe Flacco in an offense with a great head coach. Honestly, it's going to be extremely fun to see what Baltimore turns into. Even though they're in the AFC, and it sucks, I think it is going to be very interesting to see. Like, people were talking about Lamar going to New England and how cool that would have been. Honestly, I believe that Baltimore is a better spot for Lamar Jackson. Let's see. I Honestly, my favorite pick, I really don't know. Like, I... It's one of those where you got to keep in mind. You just got to kind of see how everything works out. My first gut reaction. Yeah, gut reaction. Is I, be totally wrong. I hate the idea of taking a running back with a second round pick. But how do you Bar- not? But Barkley on the Giants. Barkley teamed up with Odell Beckham, and the corpse of and Eli Manning. Ingram and Sterling Shepard. Yeah, just the corpse of Eli Manning should make that offense exciting. I agree. So. They should be fun to watch. Now, if the Texans had taken a running back with the second pick, I would probably be ranting and raving. Actually, no, no, I wouldn't because I'm such a homer that I'd instantly fall in love with them. Well, but so still. That, that brings me to my last question. If the Texans had Deshaun but also still had the fourth pick overall this year, who would you have taken at number four? Either Chubb or Nelson. Chubb or Nelson? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't really know where we would put Chubb. 
we would matter. we would find a spot. Doesn't matter. I mean, he's essentially a clone. Covington doesn't have a job. He's anymore. a slightly <laughs> smaller Jadavian Clowney. I would just put I put Chubb at end, Clowney back at outside linebacker. You know, you, you, we would we would have figured back. it out. That would have been a great problem. Uh, I but, would take Quentin Nelson though. Quentin Nelson to just maul people. Just because he just solves a, I mean, he solves a problem, and he's going to solve it for ten years. Granted, I think our guards might be all right. Well, we we might be, but I mean, I don't think any of them were Quentin Nelson. No, yeah, Quentin Nelson. He's a straight up beast. The Colts suck. I didn't like their draft. Jacksonville. Eh. The Titans scare me. Yeah, they're the they're the team that. This is two good drafts in a row for them. I think. Yeah. They just had bad, bad coaching last year. I know, but I just don't know if I... Like, okay. I think Rebel could be okay as a head coach. I think he could be an average to... Average to good head coach. I don't think he'll be a great head coach. I think he's a leader of men. I think people want to play for him. I think people want to coach for him. I think he'll be good at delegating and getting people to buy in. I just don't know if he has the right people around him for the offense to work for that team to be good. That's my concern. They have a really good offensive line, two really good running backs, and they have some talent at wide receiver. They have talent at wide receiver. And, I mean... But that defense is nothing. Like, seriously, that defense does not intimidate me whatsoever. They got two Drew pretty Casey's good... Casey's getting old. They got two pretty good players this year. No, I know. But they're rookies. Yeah. Again, year, they're, they're the team that kind of... I mean, last year I felt as though they were trash because of the coaching, but I think that they're doing a better job with their roster, which is so they're beginning to scare me. I don't think Jacksonville is going to be as good as they were last year again. Why? That was just catching lightning in a bottle. Why? Because Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Yeah, I mean, exactly right. That's a, Lamar. That's the only reason. Lamar Jackson should have went to Jacksonville. Oh man, I would be have. I'd be. I'd have I'm nightmares and cold I'm sweats and. But they did nothing to address their quarterback position again. So biggest surprise of the Texans draft. Biggest surprise? Biggest surprise. I'd say probably Justin Reed. Justin Reed? Um, or my boy. I, I didn't expect us to, to even look at him. So, um, yeah, I would say Justin Reed. I'd say the fact that we didn't draft either a running back or a quarterback. I wasn't surprised that we didn't draft a quarterback. I know there really? was a lot of talk of Laletta and and we didn't even sign Kyle Allen and well I I don't know I just didn't think I think they feel like if Deshaun goes down like we're fucked anyway so why put any fucking draft capital into it get whatever you can and if draft if Deshaun dies again then well we'll, well put the, in pro- the infinity code for your lives. Well, the problem is if Deshaun dies again, if it's one of his knees again. Okay. Well, I didn't say knee die. He's, yeah. I just said die. Like, he can come back. He, <laughs> he said knee die. He doesn't come back from that. So, so let's not put that out there. I'm going to have to edit that out of the podcast. <laughs> no, it's standing. Oh, great. You know, his so, address is... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I am prepared. Uh... Good news outside of Texans, but we're still Texans. Pat Stats back, which is awesome. So great to see. I know like UDF, like undrafted free agents is like his thing. So I'm sure it was so hard for him to sit back and and uh, not do anything. So 
I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's starting to get to a point. I know he's got a long recovery ahead, and we wish you luck, brother. But uh, glad to see you're active on Twitter again. It's super cool. And really, I don't think there's anything else. No, that should I'm be it. Go to bed. Yeah, it's it's kind of late. Yeah, it's kind of late. So hopefully next year's draft, I will not be in Vegas. So I'll actually, you know, tweet. <laughs> so I'm sorry that uh, there was nothing going on. You let down a lot of fans on that. You let down. I mean, Uberwise I, was upset. You could tell Uberwise was upset. Yeah, I, I, I'm in meetings and I can see the phone lighting up and I'm just like, this sucks. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so, you know, we get this Patreon going. Maybe we can not have to go to meetings. No. We need to talk about that Patreon, by the way. Yeah. We need to get that going. Cool. Uh, John, what else you got? Is that That's it? That's it. We're done. Fantastic. Undrafted free agents next week. Uh, maybe a little bit better breakdown of kind of what we expect from the draft after rookie minicamps, which I, it's this weekend, right? Yeah, it's this yeah. weekend. Uh, so maybe we'll hear some news out there about that. Uh, if you haven't watched the Jordan Palmer um, QB Summit uh, ESPN documentary, it's awesome. And uh, our Lord and Savior, Deshaun Watson, makes a nice little cameo, and it's kind of cool to see because he, he walks in at a point where they're dissecting film, and Jordan looks at Deshaun to kind of talk, and you can see Deshaun's understanding of offenses, and you just need to watch it. It's, a, it's the first episode, so if you don't want to watch it after that, that's on you, but I recommend you watch it all because it's really cool. They did a really good job this year, and, of course, friend of the podcast, Jordan Palmer, um, was a part of it, so go support that, but... With that being said, I'm Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Store, Instagram at Houston FB Pod, Twitter at Houston FB Pod. Uh, we are your friendly neighborhood Texans podcast, and we will catch you next week. Backs up against the wall and said that we couldn't stand the pressure. We still got it done, man. Yeah, when they said the clock was winding down and it wasn't enough time to get it done, we still got it done, man. Yeah, now it's our time to shine. It's our time to keep it 100. So we gonna go out here and show them how true we are, baby. Yeah.